بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم بارك في شيخنا واحفظه وارفع قدره للمسلمين أجمعين أما بعد باب قول الله تعالى أيشركون ما لا يخلق شيئا وهم يخلقون ولا يستطيعون لهم نصرا الآية وقوله والذين تدعون من دونه ما يملكون من قطمير In the Sahih, it is reported from Anas on the day of Uhud The Prophet ﷺ suffered a wound that broke one of his molar teeth He said, how can a people who wound their Prophet succeed? So the ayah was revealed, it is not for you to control things And similarly from Ibn Umar May Allah be pleased with them that he heard Allah's Messenger saying when raising his head from Ruku' in the last Raka'ah of Fajr after saying Allah listens to those who praise him Oh Allah curse so and so So Allah revealed the ayah It is not for you to control things And in one report he supplicated against Safwan ibn Umayyah And Suhail ibn Amr And Al-Harith ibn Hisham So it was revealed it is not for you to control things Similarly from Abu Hulayla May Allah be pleased with him Who said Allah's messenger وسلم, was standing with us When the ayah was revealed And warn your family and your relatives So he said O oh, people of Quraysh Or something similar Purchase yourselves I cannot guarantee you anything with Allah. O oh, Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib, I cannot guarantee anything for you with Allah. O oh, Safiya, aunt of Allah's Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I cannot guarantee you anything with Allah. O oh, Fatima, daughter of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, ask of my wealth as you wish, but I cannot guarantee you anything from Allah. Uh, in the last few chapters, the Shaykh Rahimahullah talked about different types of ibadat, different types of worship that should only be done for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we studied a qa'idah saying that if we establish that something is a ibadah, then diverting it to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes what? Shirk. In these next few chapters, uh, namely the next four chapters, this one and the next three chapters, the Shaykh, after mentioning different types of shirk, he is now going to mention to us different types of evidences from the Sharia and the Aql that point towards the impermissibility and the weakness of shirk billahi subhanahu wa ta'ala and the falsehood of shirk billahi subhanahu wa ta'ala so as you can see the shaykh doesn't start the chapter off with a title previously the shaykh would say babu ma ja'a fi kada babu kada babu kada in this chapter and the next chapter he rahimahullah starts off with a verse so the title could be or a chapter could be just so that you know what the title is Babu Butlani Shirk Babu Butlani Ashirk And that would mean the chapter displaying and talking about the falseness of Ashirk Billahi subhanahu wa ta'ala So the munasabah of this chapter is that the Shaykh Rahimahullah, the munasabah or the connection between these few chapters 
and Kitabu Tawheed is the fact that the Shaykh Rahimahullah in the previous chapters talked about major shirk. In the previous chapters, he talked about major shirk. And now he is going to mention some of the evidences from the, Quran, from the Quran and the Sunnah and the Aql, from the Quran, the Sunnah, and the intellect. Proving the falseness of a shirk and proving a tawheed. Proving a tawheed. So, in all of these chapters, so in all of these chapters, it is as if the Shaykh is saying to us that these evidences are saying to us if these things that are being worshipped besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether they are the prophets, the angels, uh, and anyone below them in status, if it is not permissive, if they don't create, they don't guide, and they don't have any ability and they don't own anything, then how is it that you can worship them? Then how is it that you can worship them? So that is the connection between this chapter, the next four chapters, and Kitab al-Tawheed. The next four chapters and Kitab al-Tawheed. So write down, Maqsoodu had al-Bab, Maqsoodu had al-Babi, the objective of this chapter and the three that follow on is clarifying from the things that show the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the correctness and the beauty And the truthfulness of the Tawheed of Allah الشرك, So the things that show Or the evidences that show The Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And the falseness of Shirk Is The power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's completeness. And the deficiency and the weakness and the lack of ability of the creation. ففيهي الاستدلال بتوحيد الربوبية ففيهي الاستدلال بتوحيد الربوبية على توحيد الألوهية ففيه استدلال على توحيد الربوبية ففيه الاستدلال بتوحيد الربوبية على التوحيد الألوهية 
فلخالق فلخالق قادر وكامل فلخالق قادر وكامل ومالك والمخلوق والمخلوق ضعيف وناقص ضعيف وناقص ولأجل هذا لا يستحق العبادة ولأجل هذا لا يستحق العبادة إلا الله تعالى So the objective that we've just read or you've just written down is clarifying this chapter and the next three chapters they clarify or they are evidences of Tawheed of the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and clarify the falseness of Ashuruq billahi subhanahu wa ta'ala So for the Qudr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it shows the ability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His completeness and the weakness and the deficiency of the creation. So in it there is using Tawheed al-Rububiyyah as evidence to prove Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all able and is complete and the creation is all weak and deficient. Therefore the one that deserves worship is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most complete. Then the Shaykh rahimahullah mentions the Shaykh Rahimahullah mentions two verses from the Kitab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and three or four a hadith from the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the first verse is أَيُشْرِكُونَ مَا لَا يَخْلُقُ شَيْئًا وَهُمْ يُخْلَقُونَ وَلَا يَسْتَطِعُونَ لَهُمْ نَصْرًا وَلَا أَنفُسَهُمْ يَنْصُرُونَ in this verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying are they associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with those that cannot create anything? Are they associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with those that can't create anything? Rather, they are created. And they're not able to help them, nor are they able to help them themselves. So wajhu dalala from the verse is Al-ayatu tadullu ala ajzi al-makhluq Al-ayatu tadullu ala ajzi al-makhluq The verse shows the weakness of and the deficiency of the creation Wa'adami qudratihi ala al-khalqi wal-nasri Wa'adami qudratihi ala al-khalqi wal-nasri And the fact that they are not able to create And they are not able to aid the one that is calling upon them وَهَذَا يَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ عَدَمِ اسْتِحْقَاقِهِ لِلْعِبَادَةِ وَهَذَا And this shows and proves وَهَذَا يَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ عَدَمِ اسْتِحْقَاقِهِ لِلْعِبَادَةِ And it shows that he has no right, meaning the creation, no right to be worshipped. فَلَا يَسْتَحِقُ الْعِبَادَةَ إِلَّا الْخَالِقُ الْقَادِرُ عَلَىٰ نُصْرَةِ مَنْ دَعَاهُ so no one is deserve no one deserves worship except for the one that creates, the one that has the ability and power and might 
to help the one who calls upon him. So as you wrote a few minutes ago with regards to the chapters, the Shaykh brought this verse, mentioned this verse, in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning four things about the creation that they are calling upon. So it is being said to them, you are calling upon those that cannot create. And the one that cannot create, does he deserve to be worshipped? La. You're calling upon the one that is created himself. Tayyip, the one that is created, does he deserve to be called upon? La. They're not able to aid, they're not able to aid and support and give victory to the one that calls upon them. How many is that? Three. Not only that, like they're not even able to help themselves. What did the people of Ibrahim say? One surah, help your lords, the ones that you are, worship. The ones that you worship. So it shows that the ones they wanted to call upon, or the ones they were calling upon, they themselves needed support. So that is how this verse shows the chapter title. What is the connection between the verse and the chapter title, or the objective of the chapter? First and foremost, what is the objective of this chapter and the next coming three? If you don't understand, ask me to repeat. I'll repeat it ten times. Um, to clarify, that Allah's Rububiyyah shows, or to to show that Allah's Rububiyyah, the fact that Allah creates, maintains, owns, provides for everyone, and He's a Razak, it shows that He is the one that deserves to be worshipped. And the weakness in His creation, and that they don't deserve no. And the weakness of their creation of the creation shows that they what? That they shouldn't be worshipped. So if it wasn't for this verse, يعني, based on the, the verse is aqliyan, uh, intellectually, it's in, it's challenging the mushrikun. Ya jama'a, these things that you're worshipping, they can't create themselves. They are created. They can't support themselves, then they can't support you. Yet you are calling upon them. Afala ta'qilun. Do you not think? Do you not ponder? Do you not have intellects? طيب. That's the first verse of the chapter. Then the Shaykh says, Rahimahullah, mentions the next verse in Surah Al-Fatih. قال جل وعلا والذين تدعون من دونه ما يملكون من قطرين Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse in Surah Al-Fatih, and it's not the first time we've come across it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions four stages to refute those people that they are worshipping or those people that are worshipping idols and stones and so on and so forth or even worshipping the dead Allah Jalla wa'ala says وَالَّذِينَ تَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِهِ so when you obviously you've got the mutton in front of you underline these four things قَالَ تَعَالَ وَالَّذِينَ تَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِهِ مَا يَمْلِكُونَ مِن قِطْمِرِ underline مِن قِطْمِرِ مَا يَمْلِكُونَ مِن قِطْمِرِ underline that they do not own and possess the inner, the thin part of the of the date. When you when you open up the date and you cut it open, the thin inner white layer. That is the qidmir, meaning of qidmir. So Allah Jalla wa Ala says, forget about this whole universe, forget about the sama and the ang, the earth and the heavens that you can see and the earth. Forget about that. 
They don't even own these people that you're calling upon and that you want to answer your du'as. They don't even own these or they don't even own their inner, the smallest thing of the date. In تدعوهم And you are calling upon them If you call upon them لا يسمعوا دعاءكم Underline that and write number two on top of it لا يسمعوا دعاءكم لا يسمعوا دعاءكم They won't hear your call طيب So you've now put yourself in a position Where you're making dua To those that don't own anything لكن let's move on to the next stage Even the fact that Forget the fact that they don't own anything لكن لا يسمعوا دعاءكم When you're calling upon them They can't hear you And don't forget This is not just the idols Whether it's idols Whether it is what? Prophets Righteous individuals That they are worshipping لا يسمعوا دعاءكم ولو سمعوا ما استجابوا لكم The third point ولو سمعوا Underline ولو سمعوا مستجابوا لكم and even if they hear طيب you're hard headed enough to call upon that which doesn't own anything and you're hard upon uh, hard headed and calling upon making dua to them لكن if that wasn't enough for you that they can't even hear you ولو سمعوا even if they were to hear مستجابوا لكم they won't be able to what answer your dua Look at the tadaruj, the order that Allah Jalla wa'ala is refuting them in. Not only that, it doesn't stop there. وَيَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ يَكْفُرُونَ بِشِرْكِكُمْ And يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ On the last day, when everyone is told to go to the one that they worshipped, يَكْفُرُونَ بِشِرْكِكُمْ They are disbelieving or they will disbelieve in your shirk. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala call it? Allah Jalla wa'ala called it shirk. So they will disbelieve in that. And that is point number four. That is point number four. So underline يَكْفُرُونَ بِشِرْكِكُمْ So the verse shows us the falseness and the incorrectness of a shirk from these four points. So write وَجْهُ الدَّلَالَةِ مِنَ الْآيَةِ فِي الْآيَةِ رَدٌ وَبُرْهَانٌ قَاطِعٌ عَلَى بُطْلَانِ الشِّرْكِ في الآية in this verse ردٌ there's a refutation وَبُرْهَانٌ قَاطِعٌ and a clear cut evidence عَلَى بُطْلَانِ الشِّرْكِ showing the falseness of shirk حيث جعل الله سبحانه وتعالى by way of Allah جل وعلا making حيث جعل الله عجز معبوداتهم عن سماع دعائهم واستجابتهم لهم وعدم ملكهم لشيء دليلا على عدم استحقاقهم دليل أو دليلا على عدم استحقاقهم للعبادة الله جل وعلا has made and used as a reference point the weakness of the ones they are calling upon And the deficiency of the one that they are calling upon دعائهم, The fact that they can't hear their dua واستجابتهم, And they can't answer their dua ملكهم, لشيء, And the fact that they don't own anything Allah has made that all what? 
an evidence على عدم استحقاقهم للعبادة an evidence to show they are not entitled to any portion of عبادة any part of عبادة حيث جعل الله حيث جعل الله عجز معبوداتهم عجز معبوداتهم عن سماع دعائهم واستجابتهم لهم وعدم ملكهم لشيء دليلا على عدم استحقاقهم للعبادة دليلا على عدم استحقاقهم للعبادة So in this second verse who can summarize the relationship between or the connection between the verse and the actual chapter طيب if no Allah Jalla wa'ala mentioned that the ones they are calling upon they don't possess these four things and because they don't possess these four things or because they possess these four things because they, they are they have these four traits they don't deserve to be worshipped Tafadal ما يملكون من قدمك the fact that they don't own anything the fact that they can't they can't hear the dua that you're calling whether you call or whether you don't call it's the same they can't hear it and even for argument's sake even if they were to hear you they're dead they can't help you if they could help themselves if they could help you they would help themselves but they are six feet what? deep they're in a hole طيب and the last one يوم القيامة they're going to turn around and say سحقاً سحقاً they're going to want to distance themselves from you يوم يفعل مؤمن أخي طيب أحسنت جزاك الله خيرا then the sheikh رحمه الله then the sheikh رحمه الله mentions three hadiths next to one another one after the other I mean one after the other and this was during the time of Uhud, uh, during the time of Uhud, when the mushrikun they fought against the companions of the Prophet وسلم, and they chipped the two for the Prophet Then the Prophet وسلم, said, "How will a group of people? How will a people, a people who harm their Prophet and chip the tooth of their Prophet?" Or break off the tooth of their prophet. How will they be successful? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لَيْسَ لَكَ مِنَ الْأَمْرِ شَيْءٌ لَيْسَ لَكَ مِنَ الْأَمْرِ شَيْءٌ What dalala uh, is there? لَيْسَ لَكَ مِنَ الْأَمْرِ شَيْءٌ النكرة بعد النهي النكرة بعد النهي 
where's the nahi? Nahi or nafi? Nafi, naam. Laysa laka min al-amri shay'un. The fact that there's a negation here, and shay'un is nakaga means the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam doesn't own anything. The fact that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has been, Allah said that he doesn't own anything. That includes everything, whether it's guidance, whether it's answering the dua, whether it's entering people into Jannah or anything like that. The Prophet ﷺ doesn't possess this and we shall see this further. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the Prophet ﷺ, it is not down to you. You don't own, with regards to the affair of the creation, you don't own anything. alayhi. And the second hadith is the same meaning, same qissa, where the Prophet ﷺ actually cursed those individuals that harmed, or the leaders of Quraysh that harmed the Prophet ﷺ and his companions. And then in the last narration, the Prophet ﷺ named them Safwan ibn Umayyah, Sahil ibn Amr, wa Harith ibn Hisham. Harith ibn Hisham. Now these three verses, Two ahadith or three ahadith, they show the fact that al hadith al awwal wathani yadullani al hadith al awwal wathani yadullani ala anna nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam laysa lahu min al amri shay laysa lahu min al amri shayun. They show the hadith, these two hadiths, they show that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam doesn't possess and own anything to do with the affair of the creation. Whether they are whether they are guided or misguided or whether they enter into Jannah or not. And that is from different angles. وهذا من عدة وجوه الناتيس from different angles number one أنه لما آذاه المشركون ولم يستطع رد آذاهم بنفسه أو لم يستطع رد آذاهم بنفسه بل لجأ إلى ربه القادر على الجلب أو القادر على جلب النفع والدفع الضري so the first one is that when the Prophet, when the Mushrikun, when they dis, when they harmed the Prophet ﷺ and the other believers, the Prophet was not able to defend himself and his companions from their harm. Rather he ran to, or rather he sought refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rather he made dua and sought refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and curse them because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is qadir, the one who is all able the one that is able to bring about benefit for the Muslims and remove harm from them and the one that is able to bring harm to the mushrikeen secondly akhbar Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah told us that the Prophet 
ليس له من شأن الخلق شيء ليس له من شأن الخلق شيء that he doesn't have anything to do with the affairs of the creation i.e. whether they're guided or not بل أمرهم إلى الله rather their affairs is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فهذا يدل على أنه لا يستحق العبادة فهذا يدل على أنه لا يستحق العبادة and this shows that the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم does not deserve to be worshipped does not deserve to be worshipped صلى الله عليه وسلم طيب on this note the scholars رحمة الله عليهم they mention when they're talking about the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم they say عبد لا يعبد عبد he's a slave of Allah سبحانه وتعالى لا يعبد he's not to be worshipped why because if he's a عبد if he's a servant of Allah جل وعلا he cannot be worshipped عبد فلا يعبد ورسول فلا يكذب ورسول and he's a messenger of Allah سبحانه وتعالى فلا يكذب and he's not to be disbelieved in and he's not to be disbelieved in طيب so the Prophet sallallahu alayhi is telling or mentioning the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam has no say in anything to do with the creation the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam did not create them does not own them and doesn't have the ability to guide them therefore the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam is a messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who should not be given the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and from the greatest characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that he is worshipped alone that he is worshipped alone and that is in contradiction to what those people who go overboard in praising the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam whereby they would say to him that verily ya Rasulullah to you belongs the the dunya and everything in it and the hereafter and everything that is in it where they believe the Prophet ﷺ can answer their dua where they believe that the Prophet ﷺ can do the things that they need or the hawaij or the needs that they have that the Prophet can fulfill these needs once he is in his grave ﷺ. so these verses are saying to us during the time of the Prophet ﷺ, the Prophet wasn't able to have any say in what goes on in the cone, in this universe. Rather, all of that goes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, if the Prophet was like this when he was alive, then how about now when he has passed away, sallallahu alayhi wasallam? Then the last hadith, the last hadith, when the verse of Allah was revealed, وَأَنذِرْ عَشِيرَتَكَ الْأَخْرَبِينَ this verse commanded the Prophet ﷺ to warn his close family. To warn his close family. So what the Prophet ﷺ did was he gathered them in Safa, the place Nasafa al Magha, in the Masjid of the uh, Masjid al Haram, and he called all of his close relatives, and he said to them, "Sallallahu alaihi wasallam, ya ma'ashar Quraysh," or something similar to, "Oh, kalim, oh, shakurawi." 
He said, اشتغوا أنفسكم أي أنقذوا أنفسكم أي rectify yourselves, save yourselves from the fire لا أغني عنكم من الله شيئا I verily in the sight of Allah, I can't do nothing for you I cannot do anything for you So he, the Prophet is speaking to his what? Closest of relatives And he said Ya Abbas Ya Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib He's answering or he's talking to his uncle Abbas, the father of Abdullah ibn Abbas anhu. He said لا أغني عنك من الله الشيء I cannot do anything for you in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Meaning If your actions do not save you from the fire Then I cannot what? Save you from the fire And he said to his auntie Ya Safiyyatu Ammatu Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam La ughni anka min Allahi shayt Ya Safiyya The auntie of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam I cannot do anything for you in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then he said, what Fatima? He spoke to Fatima and he said to her, Salini mimali mashit. Ask me with regards to my wealth, anything you wish. Meaning my wealth I possess, I can give you. And as your father, it is a duty upon me to give you. Lakin he said, what? La ugni anka min Allahi shay'a. Lakin with regards to the, with regards to the relationship between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you have shortcomings, and you do not worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then I cannot do anything for you. The Prophet sallallahu said in another hadith that we studied in Akbarin Nawi, Man bata'a bihi amaluhu, lam yusqa' bihi nasabuhu. The one whose actions hold him back, then his family and relatives cannot do anything for him. And that's the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So billahi alaykum. In terms of family ties, these people that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned are the closest of people to him. Are the closest of people to him. And he loved them the most because they were his relatives. Not only were they believers or they became believers. Lakin, during that time, they were the closest of people to him. Yet he is saying to them, I cannot do anything for you in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If they were to make dua to him, oh Muhammad guide me, oh Muhammad guide me, does he have the capacity to guide them? No. How about a person who's making dua to the Prophet 1400 years later? Making dua to the Prophet So this hadith shows that the Prophet cannot benefit any of his close relatives Except in that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him the permission to do so. I.e. by calling them to al-Islam. By calling them to al-Islam. As for helping them escape the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the wrath and anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Then the Prophet ﷺ is not able to do so. And the Prophet ﷺ is not able to benefit them in any way. And if this is how the Prophet ﷺ described himself 
And if this is how the Prophet ﷺ described himself in his lifetime, how can we now turn back to him? How can we now make dua to the Prophet ﷺ and ask him for and ask him for that which he negated himself from? And ask him for those things which he negated from himself, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And on that note, inshallah, I think we've got about four or three minutes till our salah. We'll stop there before we move on to the next chapter. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam wa ahkam wa billahi tawfiq. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين أما بعد طيب فضل important points the explanation of the two important points the explanation of the two ayat نعم in the verses clarifying the falseness of الشرك and obviously anything that is worshipped besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the narration of Uhud the qunut of the mass of the messengers and behind him the foremost amongst the awliya saying ameen during the prayer so the fact that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his noble companions the khulafa rashidun and the rest of the companions the fact that they were calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asking him jalla wa ala to harm uh, the disbelievers that those being supplicating against were disbelievers um, the kuffar at the time like in all four of those people that the prophet mentioned uh, accepted islam they were doing things that most of the disbelievers did not do they assaulted their prophet and attempted to kill him and they were killing and mutilating even though their victims were their relatives now so the fact that they were doing all of these things they were harming the Prophet وسلم, fighting against him and his companions and they were trying to kill him when the Prophet وسلم, said how are they going to be successful Allah said to the Prophet وسلم, Allah revealed to him وسلم, about that it is not for you to control things no, it wasn't for the Prophet وسلم, to control who is guiding and who isn't and the Prophet sallallahu although the Prophet sallallahu made dua against them due to their evil actions. He's saying or he changes them or he punishes them so he changed them so that they believed. No, all of those individuals they believed which also shows the Prophet sallallahu did not know the what? Ilmul Ghaib, he didn't know the, he did not know the unseen sallallahu alayhi because obviously he was Bashar. The Qunut doing during catastrophes. No, permissibility of it. Naming those supplicated against in prayer by their names and their father's names. No, I'm calling against them. Yeah, I need the fact that it is permissible. Invoking the curse during the Qunut. No. That when the re- revelation occurred and warned your family and relatives, he did that. No. So when the Prophet ﷺ heard this verse or when it was revealed, one day he gathered them in Safa and he mentioned to. to a few of them uh, that he could not do anything for them with regards to the affairs connected to them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and if he said that about Abu Abbas and Safiya and his daughter then obviously everyone his daughter Fatima radiallahu anha 
then obviously everyone else is also mean by Allah. It's more befitting that he cannot do anything for them, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. His sallallahu alayhi wa sallam seriousness in this matter to the extent that he would do something for which he would be insulted with insulted with the claim that he was crazy, as would happen if a Muslim were to do this today. No. Uh, they would say about the Prophet Majnoon, Sahir, they would say he's a magician, they would say he's crazy and so on. Why was that? Why did they call him crazy and Majnoon and so on? Learning he used to call to the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was a prophet who called to the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he would try his utmost to call the people to Al-Islam To the extent that every time a group of people would come to Umrah or Hajj He would go after them He would go to them and give them the da'wah And they would say to them Quraysh would say to those people in advance Before the Prophet even gets to them They would say we've got a crazy person among us Then the Sheikh says Rahimahullah Muslim And even if the, And today that is the same situation For the one that calls to Islam for the person that calls to the correct Islam, they will be called all sorts of things. The one that says, The one that says to the people, worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is the one that deserves to be worshipped, they will call him a Wahhabi. The one that says, worship, uh, the one that says, do not celebrate the birthday of the Prophet wasallam, they will say to him, you're a Wahhabi. You hate the Prophet wasallam." And you are diminishing the rights of the Prophet and you do not recognize his virtue and so on and so forth. Like in all of those things are claims. The Prophet Allah says, That is the criterion for who loves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger. And that criteria, the threshold or the base is what? Following the Prophet. His وسلم, said to both his near and distant relatives, I cannot guarantee you anything with Allah. Even saying, O oh, Fatima, daughter of Muhammad, وسلم, I cannot guarantee you anything from Allah. So when it is clear that he is the master of the messengers and that he cannot guarantee anything for the leader of women of the worlds, and the people and the people believe that he وسلم, does not say except for what is true, then look at what has occurred in people's hearts, especially these days. This makes the meaning of Tawheed and the rareness of religion clear. Naam. And the fact that it is strange, the fact that Tawheed has become strange among the Ummah is due to the spread of ignorance. And that's why teaching these sorts of books and other books related to the Aqeedah of the Muslim, they help the Ummah in lifting that ignorance. ta'ala. <laughs> <laughs> حتى إذا فزع عن قلوبهم قالوا ماذا قال ربكم قالوا الحق وهو العلي الكبير إن صحيح from Abu Hurairah رضي الله تعالى عنه um, that the Prophet وسلم, said when Allah decrees a matter in the heavens the angels beat their wings in humility to his saying as if it were a chain striking a stone it affects them like that when the terror leaves their hearts it is said what has your Lord said they say the truth and he is the most high the most great so this is heard by those who try to steal or listen. They try to steal or listen like this, one on top of another. So Sufyan demonstrated this with his hand. He held up his hand and separated its fingers. He hears the word, then he conveys it to the one below him. And the other one conveys it to the one below him until it is conveyed upon the tongue of a magician or a fortune teller. Sometimes it is struck by... Sometimes it is struck by a shooting star before it reaches them. And sometimes it reaches them without being struck. Then they add a hundred lies to it, so it is said, 
didn't he say such and such would happen to us today? In this way they believe him because of the word that was heard from the heavens. And Nawas ibn Saman, may Allah be pleased with him, said the Prophet sallallahu said, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intends to reveal a matter, he speaks the revelation. When he has spoken, the heavens are struck with severe trembling. Or he said severe thundering out of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when the inhabitants of the heavens hear that, they are stunned and fall down prostrating to Allah. The first to raise his head is Jibreel. Allah tells him the revelation that he has willed. Then Jibreel passes, the, passes by the angels to each heaven with <coughs> the angels asking him, O Jibreel, what has your Lord said? Our Lord said. What has our Lord said? Jibreel says, the truth, and he is the most high, the most great. Then all of them say, as Jibreel said, then Jibreel delivers the revelation where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded him to. Now, this, had, this chapter, the Shaykh rahimahullah, is talking about what? I mentioned it before we started. Huh? Nah. I mentioned it earlier on. I said these four chapters are connected. The falseness of shirk and using proofs, naam, the, using the perfection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to prove that He is the only one that need, that can be worshipped, that the one that deserves worship. And in, in it, there is the evidences of tawheed and the falseness of shirk. So, this chapter, as you can see, the Shaykh rahimahullah did not give it a title like you're used to. He has given a title, he says بَابُ قَوْلِ اللَّهِ يعني معنى قَوْلِ اللَّهِ تعالى حَتَّى إِذَا فُزِعَ الْآيَةِ So you can also say this chapter is بَابُ that The bab that deals with بُطْلَانُ أو بُطْلَانِ عِبَادَةِ الْمَلَائِكَةِ بَابُ أو بَابٌ بُطْلَانُ عِبَادَةِ الْمَلَائِكَةِ The chapter that deals with The falseness of worshipping, the impermissibility of worshipping and calling upon the angels. Maqsood al-Bab, the maqsood or the objective of this chapter is هذا الباب كالباب الذي قبله This chapter is similar to the chapter that preceded. فَفِيهِ بُرْهَانٌ مِنْ بَرَاهِينِ التَّوْحِيدِ And in it, there's an evidence from the evidences of a tawheed. وَهَذَا الْبَابُ أو فَهَذَا الْبَابُ فِيهِ تَوْكِيدٌ وَتَقْرِيرٌ وَهَذَا الْبَابُ فِيهِ تَوْكِيدٌ وَتَقْرِيرٌ لِأَصْلِ الْمَسْأَلَةِ لِأَصْلِ الْمَسْأَلَةِ وَهِيَ بُطْلَانُ الشِّرِكِ And in this chapter, فَفِيهِ بُرْهَانُ مِنْ بَرَاهِنْ تَوْحِيدٌ there's an evidence from the evidences of Tawheed, different types of evidences from Tawheed, whether it's from the Quran and the Sunnah or from the Aql, the intellect. Fahad al-Bab in this chapter emphasizes 
and acknowledges that which was mentioned in the previous chapter, which is the impermissibility and the incorrectness of a shirk and the fact that it is not valid. وَهَذَا الْبَابِ أَوَّ الْبَابُ الْأَوَّلِ فِيهِ بَيَانُ عَجْزِ أَفْطَلِ أَهْلِ الْأَرْضِ In this chapter, or in the first chapter, it clarified the weakness or the lack of ability of the best of the creation on earth meaning who? the Prophet so the first chapter was talking about the fact that the Prophet has no say in anything that goes on with regards to the creation وَهَذَا الْبَابُ فِيهِ عَجْزُ أَفْضَلِ الْمَخْلُوقَاتِ أَهْلِ السَّمَاءِ And in this chapter, we find the Shaykh telling us the lack of ability and the impermissibility of calling upon and the deficiency of the best of the creation in the heavens. And they are the, the angels of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَهُمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ وَعَجْزُهُمْ And their lack of ability to have a say in anything that goes on with the creation, their guidance, their misguidance, their punishment, they've been saved from the punishment of Allah. وَعَجْزُهُمْ دَلِيلٌ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُمْ دَلِيلٌ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُمْ لَا يَسْتَحِقُونَ الْعِبَادَةِ it is evidence that they do not deserve any worship. That they do not deserve worship. So the verse tells us now. So the, when we look at the verse, Allah Jalla wa Ala says, "Hatta ida fuzja an qulubihim, qalu madha qala Rabbukum, qalu al-haq, wa huwa al-aliyu al-kabir." So this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us the state of the angels when they hear the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is that they fall unconscious. They become unconscious and they tremble out of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after hearing his decree and the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, and when that fear is removed from their hearts and they awaken, they will say, "Mada qala rabbukum? What has your Lord said?" And it will be said to them, "Qala al-haq." He has spoken the truth. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Taib. Well, and the wajhu dalala from this verse. So we find that the angels themselves, they fall unconscious due to the fear of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So the wajhu dalala from the verse is wajhu dalala min al min al min adillat al bab.
Note, note that I said من أدلة الباب Not just this verse The وجه الدلالة The point of evidence For these two evidences From the ayah uh, From the ayah of Allah جل وعلا In Surah Saba And the hadith that are coming وجه الدلالة إذا كان هذا هو حال الملائكة إذا كان هذا هو حال الملائكة عند سماع كلام ربهم إذا كان هذا هو حال الملائكة عند سماع كلام ربهم مع أنهم خلق عظيم قوي مع أنهم خلق عظيم قوي وأنهم يخافون من ربهم وأنهم يخافون من ربهم فكيف يتجه أحد إليهم فكيف يتجه أحد إليهم ويدعوهم من دون الله تعالى ويدعوهم من دون الله تعالى وجه الدلالة is from this hadith, from this verse and the evidences of this chapter is the fact that if this is the case, if this is the situation of the angels when they hear the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if this is the case of the angels of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they fall down unconscious due to fear and trembling from the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from hearing the word of Allah jalla wa ala even though they are a great creation as some ahadith state that Jibreel had what? 600 wings and the fact that they change forms and the fact that they're created from light and the fact that they don't disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so even though they are this great creation وَأَنَّهُمْ يَخَافُونَ رَبَّهُمْ لَكِنْ they fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how is it فَكَيْفَ يَتَّجِهُ أَحَدٌ how is it that a person can turn to them and call upon them besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how is it that a person can turn to them and call upon them besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So that is in this hadith and in these in uh, in the verse it clarifies the weakness of the angels in contrast to the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and if this is the case how can we go to the angels and call upon them or anyone below them or anyone Below them How can we call upon them Instead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So in the previous hadith It negated the worship of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa And not making dua to him In this hadith it negates Or in this chapter it negates Or the shaykh is negating The worship of the angels And calling upon them And clarifying how incorrect it is And the fact that it is shirk If that is the best of the creation in the heavens, the angels, and the best of the creation among the people of uh, of the angels, then 
anyone below them or beside anyone less than them in virtue and honor is more befitting of not being worshipped and called upon. As they say, And if you use logic, if you put a massive box in a room and you ask a full-grown man, a strong man to lift it up and they can't lift it up and then you get another full-grown man to lift it up and he can't lift it up is it common sense to now go and call one of the children from the madrasa, a five-year-old, and say, lift that box up? Limada, why? Why? Because the two people that were even stronger and bigger than him and more capable than him or able than him, they were not able to lift it up. How is a five or ten-year-old going to lift it up? That is the qiyas, the analogy. So if the Prophet وسلم, it is haram to call upon the Prophet, and we said, Rasulun la yukadhab, He's a messenger and we should not disbelieve in him And at the same time he's a servant of Allah That doesn't deserve to be worshipped And the same goes for the angels Then how can we worship and call upon Or how can they worship and call call upon Those that are dead Those that are not even righteous And even those that are righteous Because when it comes to worshipping other than Allah Whether you worship an angel a prophet or a tree The ruling is what? It's exactly the same Call a spade a spade It is shirk The, the legislative terminology for that is A shirk Associated to partners of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And this doesn't mean That We're saying That the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Is the same as that tree Taban, Of course not Although That is what the Sufiya say That the Wahhabiyah They make the prophet and the tree the same that's not common sense. Lakin in terms of worship, it is haram. Both is or both are haram. So this chapter deals with the fact that it is not permissible to worship the angels and call upon them. If they themselves cannot help themselves when it comes to hearing the name of the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in this second hadith, the meaning is exactly the same. And the point of evidencing is exactly the same. Where Abu Ghraq mentions that the Prophet وسلم, when Allah decrees something, then the angels they flutter and they uh, they fall unconscious due to the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then this verse was revealed. And also the hadith mentions that there are those that would, from the shayateen, that would steal or try to hear some of the revelation. Like in during the time of the Prophet wasallam, they were not able to prevent themselves from, or afwan, they were not able to steal anything from the revelation. Like in whatever they did steal from the revelation before the Prophet wasallam, before the bi'tha, descending of the Prophet wasallam, and then after the death of the Prophet wasallam, they would hear something, and they would come to the fortune teller or the sahir or the magician and inform him. And then that magician or that fortune teller would tell the truth with regards to that one thing, like in a hundred things after that and before that they would lie about. Like in the people would only hold on to that one day that he told 
the truth. As for the second hadith, وعن نواس بن سمعان رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا أراد الله أن يوحي بالأمر that hadith is ضعيف that hadith is ضعيف it is weak لكن it has exactly the same meaning as the hadith before it it has the same meaning as the hadith before it تفضل Important points, explanation of the ayah. What it, no. what it contains of proof of the futility of shirk, specifically depending upon the righteous, and they call this ayah the one that rips the roots of shirk tree from, the one that rips the roots of shirk's tree from the heart. Now, so this verse, uh, naam, so it shows the futility or the the falseness of shirk. Especially that which connects, which is connected to, to the righteous. So this verse, and the one before it. Rather, the scholars say, in order to understand this verse correctly, you need to read the verse before it, and it cuts off the roots of shirk. And the verse before it, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, so Allah Jalla wa mentions, call upon them. Those people that you're calling upon, call upon them. They don't own an atom's weight of anything in the heavens and the earth. And they don't own anything. Nor do they own anything, nor do they have a share in the heavens and the earth. That's the second point. So the first is what? They don't have anything. They don't own, possess anything. Nor do they have any share in the dominionship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the lordship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they cannot aid or they do not support Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and help Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in anything, nor do they help those who are calling upon them. How many is that? Three. And even with regards to the shafa'a, that they are claiming to seek, because obviously when they're calling upon these individuals, whether it's the Prophet or the angels or these idols or righteous people that they're calling upon, they're not saying we're worshipping them and we're falling into shirk. That's not what they're saying. They say, هَؤُلَاءِ شُفَعَاؤُنَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ We're only seeking nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They will only bring us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this verse cuts off the... Uh, the roots of shink Explanation of the ayah They say the truth And he is the most high The most great no. The reason for their being asked about that That after that Jibril answers by saying He said such and such no. So they're asking why Because obviously they were Fell unconscious And then Jibril He answers And he tells them Because obviously he's the Angel of revelation Mentioning that the first To raise his head is Jibril And that shows his virtue Alayhi salam that he says this to all of the inhabitants of the heavens because they ask him. No, Jibreel says it to them. Yeah. That the shock affects all of its in, all the inhabitants of the heavens. No, they all become unconscious. The, the heavens shaking from Allah's words. No. That Jibreel is the one who delivers the revelation to where Allah commands. No. Mention of the shayateen eavesdropping. No, and the fact that during the time of the Prophet whilst the revelation was dropped, uh, um, Coming down, they weren't able to do so. Like in before the revelation coming down, they did. And after, they did. Like in, it is nothing that harms the revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're mounting one above another. 
sending the shooting stars. Um, so these shooting stars would uh, destroy them. And at times they would get to the magician before the shooting star reaches them. That sometimes a shooting star strikes before it's conveyed and sometimes it is conveyed to the air of his friend amongst humans before it strikes him. That the fortune teller sometimes tells the truth. Uh, magicians and fortune tellers, sometimes they tell the truth. Sometimes. Out of a thousand, they probably tell one one thing that is true. And that thing is from the shaitan that reveals it to them. That he tells 100 lies with it. No. That his lies would never contain any truth without the words he heard from the heavens. No. The fact that they hear it from the heavens and then they bring it to this magician. And if it wasn't for that, then it would not have happened. The soul's acceptance of false statements, how they will depend upon one and not consider the other hundred. Naam, so they won't realize the fact that this magician or this uh, fortune teller, he tells so many lies and then once in a blue moon he tells the truth. So they will say, remember such and such a day he said the truth, he told the truth. Like in, they won't forget the thousand times that he told a lie. And that just shows in the nafs al-amaratun, the soul, in general, the soul is inclined towards falsehood. That they pass the word down from one to another, each retaining it and uh, augmenting it. And climbing upon one another and it shows how many they are. Confirmation of the attributes contrary to the denials of the Ash'ariya. No, the, the Ash'ariya and the Mu'attila in general, those who negate the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in this hadith, in this verse in the hadith, we find the sifa of the kalam, the highness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they negate all of these attributes. That the thundering and shaking are due to the fear of Allah azza wa jal. That they fall prostrate into Allah. Naam. Next chapter. Babu shafa'ah. Maqawl Allah ta'ala. Wa anvir bihil ladhina yakhafuna an yuhsharu ila rabbihim. Laysa lahum min dunihi waliyun wala shafi'a. Wa qawluh. قل لله الشفاعة جميعا وقوله من ذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه وقوله وكم من ملك في السماوات لا تغني شفاعتهم شيئا إلا إلا من بعد أن يأذن الله لمن يشاء ويرضى يأذن الله أحسن الله عليك شيئا إلا من بعد أن يأذن الله لمن يشاء ويرضى وقوله قل ادعوا الذين زعمتم من دون الله لا يملكون مثقال ذره في السماوات ولا في الارض وما لهم فيهما من شرك وما لهم منهم من ظهير ولا تنفع الشفاعه عنده الا لمن اذن له حسبك جزاك الله خير طيب this chapter it deals with باب الشفاعه it deals with the intercession or the chapter of intercession مقصود الترجمه مقصود ترجمة فيه بيان وبرهان آخر من براهين التوحيد In it there's a clarification and evidence from, from the evidences of توحيد وهو ملك الله سبحانه وتعالى للشفاعة وهو ملك الله سبحانه وتعالى للشفاعة and it is the fact or that evidence is the fact that Allah جل وعلا is the one that owns the intercession all types of intercession وأنها ليست لغيره and that it is not for 
other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِذَا كَانَ هُوَ مَالِكُهَا وَإِذَا كَانَ هُوَ مَالِكُهَا And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that owns all types of intercession, وَجَبَ أَنْ يُوَحَّدَ It is obligatory that he is singled out for intercession. وَغَيْرُهُ لَا يَشْفَعُ عِنْدَهُ وَغَيْرُهُ and other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala لا يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه and the fact that no one else will intercede except with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وغيره لا يشفع أو لا يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه and other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala other than him will not intercede except with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's permission فوجب ألا يعبد فوجب ألا يعبد and it is because of that, the fact that they don't own the intercession and they don't possess it and it belongs, belongs to Allah. فَوَجَبَ أَنْ لَا يُعْبَدَ It is wajib that they are not worshipped. It is wajib, wajib that they are not worshipped. طيب تَأْصِيلُ بَابِ الشَّفَاعَةِ تَأْصِيلُ بَابِ الشَّفَاعَةِ So before going into the Taqseel Al-Bab, remember at the beginning we said that the four chapters, the two that we've studied, this one and the one that is to come, they all point towards the same thing, which is they are proving the fact that none other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should be worshipped. Why? Because none other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has any control and none other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has any ability to deal with or to guide the creation or to punish the creation. So all types of sovereignty belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, because of that, then all types of worship should be given to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. So that is what all of the evidences in these four chapters, that's what they circulate around. طيب. So the ta'seel al-mas'ala, al-mas'alatul ula, the first point, تعريف الشفاعة The definition of الشفاعة التوصد للغير التوصد للغير بجلب منفعة التوصد للغير بجلب منفعة أو دفع مضرة. So in order to understand this chapter, we're only going to mention about five or six points, and then inshallah the evidences it will be easy to understand, as you're now accustomed with in regards to the Tafsir al-Masala. The first is the definition of shafaa. What is shafaa? It is a tawassudu lil-ghayr. It is to intercede for another person. To make dua on behalf of another person. To ask someone on behalf of another person. To bring about some sort of benefit for that person. Or to remove some sort of harm from that person. Or to remove some sort of harm from that person. 
So the shafa'a that we're now referring to is shafa'a to do with the affairs of worship. Shafa'a to do with the affairs of worship and bringing about benefit that only Allah Jalla wa Ala can, uh, can bring about. The second mas'ala, qa'idatu shafa'a. The most important principle in this chapter is ash-shafa'atu ibadatun. Ash-shafa'atu ibadatun. Shafa'a is a type of worship. Wamulkun lillah, and it is from, or it belongs to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Ash-shafa'atu ibadatun. It is a type of worship. Wamulkun lillah, and it belongs to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. فَلَا تُطْلَبُ مِنْ غَيْرِهِ فَلَا تُطْلَبُ مِنْ غَيْرِهِ It is not sought from other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is not sought from other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is not sought from other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So shafa'a that we're referring to that the shaykh mentions here and the shafa'a that the mushrikun fall into is the shafa'a that is a ibadah. And idha thabata anna hadha al-amra ibadatun fasarfuhu li ghayrillahi shirkun. If we establish that something is ibadah, then giving it to other than Allah, diverting it to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, doing it for other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, becomes what? Shirk. The third point. Ash-shafa'atu naw'an. Ash-shafa'atu naw'an. Shafa'a is of two types. Ash-shafa'atu al-musbata. Ash-shafa'atu al-musbatatu. Or you can say Ash-shafa'atu al-mashru'a. You can say Mashru'a. And that means the shafa'a that is permissible or the shafa'a that is legislated or the shafa'a that is affirmed. Wahiya and it is Alati Tutlabu Minallah. Wahiya it is Alati Tutlabu Minallah. It is the one that it is the one that is sought from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The one that is sought from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mathalan, for example, you want the Prophet sallallahu to intercede for you yawm al-qiyamah. We know that the Prophet will intercede yawm al-qiyamah. So you say, Allahumma shafi' fiya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma shafi' fiya. Oh Allah, Make the Prophet sallallahu intercede for me. Make me among those who the Prophet sallallahu intercedes for. Allahumma inni as'aluka shafa'at al-nabiyyik. Oh Allah, I ask you for the shafa'at, the intercession of your Prophet. Who have you asked? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And why have you asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because that asking is a... Ibadah and it is not sought from other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is not given to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is the shafa'a that is legislated. The second type is al-shafa'a al-manfiyya. 
أو الشفاعة المحرمة الشفاعة المنفية الشفاعة that has been negated أو الشفاعة that is impermissible And the criterion or the dhabit for that is ma tatadamana ma tatadamana amran khasan billahi ta'ala amran khasan billahi ta'ala And the shafa'a that is negated afwan uh, that was the Dabit. The Dabit goes after the definition. So the definition, Afwan. The definition of it is the Dabit simply means how you can tell what it is. The, the Dabit is how you can tell. Like in the definition, the Ta'rif is the Shafa'a that is impermissible is Tutlabu, it is the one that is sought Min ghayrillah From other than Allah The one that is sought From other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Min ghayrillah Fima la yaqdiru alayhi illa Allah Fima la yaqdiru alayhi illa Allah It is the one that is sought From other than Allah In that which only Allah jalla wa ala is able to give What is the shafa'a that is negated? The one that is sought from other than Allah in something that only Allah Jalla wa'ala can give. What does that uh, negate or take away? Huh? La, la. It negates those things that we can do. Mathalan, huh? Worldly matters. It negates worldly matters. فِيمَا لَا يَقْدِرُ عَلَيْهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ that which is specific to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is anything that contains something which is specific to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, Ya Rasulullah, Ishfa'li yawm al-qiyamah. Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, Ishfa'li yawm al-qiyamah. Intercede for me yawm al-qiyamah. Ishfa'a ibadah, yes or no? Yes. Seeking it from the Prophet ﷺ, is it permissible? La, it is not permissible. Thirdly, it is what? Shirk. Why is it shirk? Naam, you're asking other than Allah for something that only Allah can give. For something that should only be sought from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So asking the dead and asking the awliya of Allah for their shafa'a, then that is not permissible that is not permissible number four shafa'a, the pillars of shafa'a number four point number four in the tatsil al-bab is shafa'a. what are the pillars of shafa'a the pillars of shafa'a are three and the th three and the pillars in general are those things that an actual th shay stands upon the foundations of something so the foundations or the pillars of Shafa'a are three. Number one, Ashafi'a, the one who's actually interceding. So in this case, let's say Yawmul Qiyamah, for example, the Prophet will intercede. So the Shafi'a is the first pillar. He is the one 
Well, he's one of the pillars. He's the one that intercedes for the person. Well, he's the one that has been honored with this shafa'ah. He's been honored. The second one is Al-Mashfu'u Lahu. Al-Mashfu'u Lahu. Al-Mashfu'u Lahu. He's the one that has been interceded for. So who do we have now? The interceder and the the one that is being interceded for, sah? the one who is seeking the inter, intercession of the Prophet And number three, we have Al-Mashfu'u Ilayhi. Al-Mashfu'u Ilayhi. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who the Prophet wasallam goes to in order to allow him to intercede. As we shall see in the hadith of the chapter. So the pillars of intercession or shafa'ah are how many? Three. What are they? A shafi'ah. The example, Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, our messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Number two, al-mashfu'ah. Who is he? The one who needs that intercession. And number three, al-mashfu'ah ilayhi. That is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And some say indahu, al-mashfu'ah indahu. Number five, shurudu shafa'a, and these are very important. Shurudu al-shafa'ati al-mashru'a, or al-muthbata. Conditions of the shafa'a that is legislated, that is affirmed. And they are two. They are two. Number one, idhnullahi lishafi'i an yashfa'a. Idhnullahi. لِشَافِعِ أَنْ يَشْفَعَ That is the first condition. And that is the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the shafi' meaning the prophets for example Allah jalla wa ala gives permission to the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to intercede. And we shall see that in the evidence inshaAllah. And the second condition is رِضَ اللَّهِ عَنِ الْمَشْفُوعِ لَهُ the, the fact that the one who is being interceded for, Allah has to be pleased with him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to be pleased with the one that is being interceded for. Meaning he has to be a person of tawheed. He has to be a person of tawheed. He's that, they're the only ones that Allah Jalla is pleased with. As we shall see in the evidence. Last but not least, one shubha, one doubt that the mushrikun they say, they say that the shafa'a, Allah has given the shafa'a to the Prophet. As we shall see in the hadith, the maqam al Mahmud or the great intercession belongs to who? The Prophet as we studied in Qawa'id al-Aqba'a, when all of the people will go to different Prophets, and every one of them will excuse himself, and then they will come to the Prophet the people, and the Prophet will intercede for them. So they say, Allah has given the Prophet the shafa'a, therefore we're only seeking from the Prophet something which Allah has given him, we're seeking from the Prophet ﷺ something that Allah has given him. And the answer to this is in four ways, three ways. 
The answer to this is from three ways or angles. Number one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him the shafa'a yawmul qiyamah, not now. Allah jalla wa ala will give him the shafa'a on yawmul qiyamah, on the day of judgment, and not today, and not now. Therefore now you're asking him for something that he doesn't have. Why? Because when will he be given this? Yawm al-Qiyamah. What immediately? No. He will go to the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and prostrate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then and only then will Allah jalla wa ala command him to intercede as we shall see in the hadith. That's number one. Number two, even on the day of judgment, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will not intercede immediately. Rather, he will go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he will praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with types of praise that he did not currently know in the dunya, that he did not know in the dunya. He will praise Allah jalla wa ala with praises that he will only know on that day and then it will be said to him, Sal tu'ta wa Ask and you shall be given and intercede for verily your intercession will be accepted. So that is the second way of answering that doubt. And number two, number three, the Sahaba Ridwanullah alayhim, they did not seek the intercession of the Prophet وسلم, and they did not ask him for his intercession after he passed away. And they did not seek his intercession after he passed away. They did not go to the Prophet's grave and ask him. And the qa'idah of Ahlu Sunnati wal Jama'ah, the principle of Ahlu Sunnati wal Jama'ah with regards to the Sahaba and any type of ibadah is what? لو كان خير لسبقونا إليه خلاص If there was any good in it, the Sahaba would have preceded us in it. We can never know something that is good for us that will bring us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, that Umar radiallahu anhu, that Uthman radiallahu anhu and the Ali radiallahu anhu and the other companions did not know of. And that is what Ibn Kathir rahimahullah mentions in his tafsir that Ahl sunnah they say لو كان خيرا لسبقونا إليه طيب so now that you know this, these principles, when we're looking at the evidences, we're only skimming past them. Why? Because you already know the principles connected to, to each evidence. طيب. With regards to the Shaykh, the evidences that he mentions, he follows the following method. Number one, he proves that intercession is a form of ibadah and it belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He mentions... That shafa'a is mulkun lillah. It is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, it should only be sought from him. He secondly mentions the conditions for the shafa'a that is to be accepted. And thirdly, he mentions the different types of shafa'a. Tayyib, tafadl. La, naam, afun. Wa andhig bihi ladhina yakhafuna. Tayyib, the very first verse. So for the first verse The point of evidence is 
on the line where Allah Jalla wa Ala says, "Laysa lahum min dunihi waliyum wala shafi'un la'allahum yattaqun." Laysa lahum min dunihi waliyum wala shafi'un la'allahum yattaqun. In this first first verse, Allah Jalla wa Ala tells us that those that they are, or those that fear Allah subhanahu wa taala, that they're fearing. Or they fear the day that they will be raised That they have no wali, no helpers And no one that will intercede for them Except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala لَيْسَ لَهُمْ مِن دُونِهِ وَلِيٌّ وَلَا شَفِعٌ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَّقُونَ And the shafa'ah that has been affirmed in this is the shafa'ah that is correct So this shows that all types of shafa'ah Belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the next verse, the Sheikh says, قُلْ لِلَّهِ الشَّفَاعَةُ جَمِيعًا قُلْ لِلَّهِ الشَّفَاعَةُ جَمِيعًا Say, O Muhammad, that to Allah Jalla wa Ala belongs all types of what? All types of shafa'ah. And this proves the first qa'idah, which is that shafa'ah is ibadah وَلَا تُطْلَبْ مِنْ غَيْرِ اللَّهِ And it is not sought from other than Allah subhanahu that is not sought from other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So in the first two verses The Shaykh rahimahullah Affirms the fact that all types of shafa'ah Belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Intercession belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And the fact that it is a type of worship And the fact that it is a type of worship And then in the next three verses, he's going to tell us the conditions of those intercessions that or the conditions of intercession. So the Shaykh says, Rahimahullah, Man indahu illa bi'idhni. Who is the one that is going to intercede with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Illa bi'idhni, except with his permission. So in this verse, مَنْ ذَا الَّذِي يَشْفَعُنْدَهُ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِ فِيهِ شَنْدٌ مِنْ شُرُودِ الشَّفَاعَةِ الْمُثْبَتَةِ فِيهِ شَنْدٌ مِنْ شَفَاعَةِ الشُّرُودِ الْمُثْبَتَةِ In it, there is a condition from the conditions of the shafa'ah that is legislated. And that condition is إِلَّا بِإِذْنِ The permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the next verse And Allah mentions how many are there Meaning they are many in Many angels in the samawat in the heavens Their intercession will not avail or not benefit in anything Except on the line Min ba'di Underline إلا من بعد أن يأذن الله لمن يشاء ويقضى. Underline إلا من بعد أن يأذن الله لمن يشاء ويقضى. Underline these two points. ذكر الله سبحانه أن وجد لا ذكر الله سبحانه وتعالى شرطين من شروط الشفاعة المشروعة. Allah Jalla wa Ala mentioned 
two conditions from the shafa'a that is legislated. And those conditions are found in the last part of the verse, إِلَّا مِنْ بَعْدِ أَنْ اللَّهُ In it is the permission that Allah gives to the one that is going to intercede. لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَغْضَى And the one that is being interceded for, Allah is pleased with him. Meaning he is a person of what? At-Tawheed. He is a person of At-Tawheed. طيب. Then in the last verse, of the chapter, the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, Ulidu Ladina Zamtum Minduni Lahi La Naam, that is the last verse. Ulidu Ladina Zamtum Minduni Lahi in Surah Saba Naam. So Allah Jalla wa'ala says, and it is the Surah that we read, or the verse that we read not long ago in the last chapter. Ulidu Ladina Zamtum Minduni Lahi, call upon those that you are calling upon because it's besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La yamlikuna mithqala dhagatin fi samawati wa la fi al-aqdi wa ma lahum fihima min shinkin wa ma lahum minhum min zahir. So these three things we've already studied in the last verse, in the last chapter. The fact that they don't own, the fact that they don't own any part of the diminution or the ownership of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his lordship and the fact that they cannot help themselves or help the ones that they are, that are calling upon them, nor do they help Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like in the Mahalu Shahid here is the last part. Wala tanfa'u shafa'atu indahu illa liman adhina lah. And the intercession will not benefit in any way. The intercession that is sought from that is benefit that is sought will not benefit illa liman adhina lah, except for the person who the Prophet who Allah Jalla wa ala who Allah Jalla wa ala allows and gives permission to. This verse shows another condition or one of the conditions that was already preceded, which is that intercession, intercession is only granted to the one who Allah Jalla wa ala gives permission to. What does this mean? It means that it doesn't belong to anyone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If it belonged to the Prophet ﷺ and if the Prophet was able to intercede for us out of his own will because it was something that belonged to him, would he need to go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's throne and prostrate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? لا. Would Allah Jalla wa ala say, وَلَا تَنْفَعُ الشَّفَاعَةُ وَلَا تَنْفَعُ الشَّفَاعَةُ عِنْدَهُ إِلَّا لِمَنْ أَذِنَ Except the one that Allah Jalla wa ala gives permission to. طيب. So these verses show, number one, these verses that the Sheikh has mentioned show number one that Shafa'a is a ibadah. You've already written this down. That Shafa'a is a ibadah, that it is only sought from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the fact that the condition is that a person asks that he is only given after the permission of Allah, and that Allah Jalla is pleased with the person who is being interceded for. Now, if that is the case, for those that are calling upon the Prophet ﷺ today, Ya Muhammad Ishfa'li, Prophet ﷺ, they say to the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Muhammad Ishfa'li, that person, what is his title according to the Sharia? What is the action that he has committed? Shirk. Therefore, Yawmul Qiyamah, they will be deprived of it. Why? Because the Prophet himself وسلم, is able, only able to intercede for the one who Allah is pleased with. 
And is Allah pleased with a person who has committed shirk? لا طبعا Then the shirk says رحمه الله He mentions Abu Abbas Abu Abbas is who? Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahu Allah ta'ala rahmatun wasi'ah He says qala Abu Abbas So Shaykh al-Islam ibn Abbas Shaykh al-Islam Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahu Allah is يعني clarifying or mentioning some of the things that the Shaykh has mentioned rahimahu Allah He says نفى الله سبحانه وتعالى عما سواه كل ما يتعلق به المشركون Allah Jalla wa Ala has negated everything that the people of the mushrik that the mushrikun hold on to everything that they could possibly hold on to Allah Jalla wa Ala has negated فَنَفَعَ أَن يَكُونَ لِغَيْرِهِ مُلْكٌ أَوْ قِسْطٌ مِنْهُ So number one Allah Jalla wa Ala has negated that they have any sort of dominionship or any sort of ownership where does Allah Jalla wa Ala negate this? مَا يَمْلِكُونَ أَوْ لَا يَمْلِكُونَ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ they do not own an item's weight. طيب. أو يكون عونا لله. And the fact that they do not help Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they do not, Allah jalla wa ala does not need their help. طيب. وما له منهم من ظهير. Meaning they do not help Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they don't own anything on their own. They don't have any sort of partnership. Nor do they help Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ولم يبقى إلا الشفاعة. And the only thing that is left Meaning in this verse is the shafa'a. فَبَيَّنَ أَنَّهَا لَا تَنْفَعُ إِلَّا لِمَنْ أَذِنَ لَهُ رَبُّ So Allah Jalla wa'ala has clarified that the, even the shafa'a, it doesn't benefit except for the one that Allah gives, Allah Jalla wa'ala gives permission to. كَمَا قَالَ تَعَالَى وَلَا يَشْفَعُونَ إِلَّا لِمَنْ اِقْتَضَى And Allah Jalla wa'ala will not, وَلَا يَشْفَعُونَ إِلَّا لِمَنْ نَعْمْ Those people that are interceding, they will not intercede for except those who Allah is pleased with. فهذه الشفاعة ذي الشفاعة التي يظنها المشركون هي منتفية يوم القيامة كما نفاها القرآن فهذه الشفاعة أن الشفاعة it is the one that يظنها المشركون هي منتفية يوم القيامة كما نفاها القرآن it is the that intercession that they're seeking is the one or the one that they're falling into is the one that has been negated يوم القيامة by the Quran وأخبر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أن الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم مَنْشَنَ أَنَّهُ يَأْتِي that he will come فَيَسْجُدُ لِرَبِّهِ that he will prostrate to Allah سبحانه وتعالى وَيَحْمَدُهُ and he praises Allah جل وعلا وَلَا يَبْدَأُ بِالشَّفَاعَةِ أَوَّلًا لكن he doesn't start with what the intercession he goes to Allah جل وعلا he prostrates to Allah سبحانه وتعالى and he praises him and he doesn't start off with the شفاعة ثم ثم in the Arabic language is after جاء محمد ثم علي جاء محمد محمد كيم ثم علي then علي كيم so ثم is used for ترتيب يعني in order ثم then after that يقال له it is said to him ارفع رأسك raise your head وقل يسمع and say you will be heard وسل تعطى and ask and you will be given وشفع تشفع and intercede for verily your intercession will be accepted the last hadith that the Shaykh Rahimahullah mentions is the hadith of Abu Hurairah anhu, in which Abu Hurairah anhu asked him, Who is the happiest person with regards to your shafa'a? Meaning, who is the one that is going to attain your shafa'a? Then the Prophet said, Man qala la ilaha illallah. خالصا من قلبه The one who says لا إله إلا الله sincerely in his heart 
and he acts according to it. He says La ilaha illallah with his tongue, he believes it in his heart, and he acts according to it with his limbs. So the Sheikh, he mentions this, it's still Sheikh Islam talking, he mentions that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that, this shafa, or he, that, that those who, inter- who deserve the intercession of the Prophet ﷺ are those that are the people of in- ikhlas, sincerity. So this shafa'a is for the people who are Sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala بِإِذْنِ With the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَلَا تَكُونُ لِمَنْ أَشْرَكَ بِاللَّهِ Like it won't be for the person who has committed shirk Who has committed shirk Meaning those that ask the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam today To ask to intercede for them نعم وَحَقِيقَتُهُ And its reality is أَنَّ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَ هُوَ الَّذِي يَتَفَضَّلُ عَلَىٰ أَهْلِ الْإِخْلَاسِ فَيَغْفِرُ لَهُمْ بِوَاصِد the Sheikh Rahimahullah, he talks about the reality of this intercession. This intercession that has proceeded, that we've been talking about, he talks about the reality of it. And that reality is that Allah Jalla wa'ala has given it to us as a virtue. So from the different types of intercessions, from the different types of intercessions, is that the, fa- the child will intercede for his parents. Prophets will intercede, angels will intercede, and so on. So this is a virtue that Allah Jalla wa'ala has given this ummah, the people of ikhlas. لهم, and Allah will forgive them due to that intercession. Due to that intercession. And then the Sheikh says, And the reason why they are being given this, specifically more so the Prophet وسلم, why is he being given this great intercession? By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala In order to honor the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And to give him the maqam al-mahmood And the scholars mention That the maqam al-mahmood Is the great intercession Yawm al-qiyamah Is the great intercession Yawm al-qiyamah So the sheikh says فَالشَّفَاعَةُ الَّتِي نَفَاهَا الْقُرْآنِ خُلَاصَةُ الْقَوْلِ And in summary فَالشَّفَاعَةُ الَّتِي نَفَاهَا الْقُرْآنِ The shafa'a that the Quran has negated مَا كَانَ فِيهَا شِرْكٌ it is that which there is shirk. The, the shafa'a that the Quran has negated is the shafa'a that we find shirk in. And due to that, Allah has affirmed shafa'a. So in the Quran, we find shafa'a being negated and we find shafa'a being affirmed. The one that is being negated is what? The shirk, the one that is sought from the prophets, the one that is sought from the angels, the one that is sought from the dead. And the one that is affirmed and legislated is the one that is sought from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the permission of Allah jalla wa'ala. وَقَدْ بَيَّنَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمْ أَنَّهَا لَا تَكُونُ إِلَّا لِأَهْلِ التَّوْحِيدِ وَالْإِخْلَاسِ And the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم has clarified that it will only be for the people of ikhlas and tawheed. طيب. انتهى كلامه. That's the end of the words of Shaykh al-Islam in Taymi rahimahullah. فائدة, just as a side benefit, well, as an important benefit actually, a shafa'a you will find in the books of Tawheed like this. صح? Where have we studied it before? Qawa'id al-Aqba'a, صح? And it deals with Tawheed al-Ibadah. The Tawheed of worship. And we've studied it here. Bab al-Shafa'a, Kitab al-Tawheed, صح? But we also find that in other books of I'tiqad that explain the I'tiqad, the belief of Ahl al-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah. For example, Usul al-Sunnah, I'tiqad, Aymat al-Hadith, Ismaili, 
all of these books that deal with the general manhaj and aqid of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, we find Shafa'i in there. One may ask, what is the difference? The difference is, write it down. The scholars, rahmatullahi alayhim, mention a shafa'ah in the books of uh, Tawheed, in the books of Tawheed, like Qawa'id al-Agba'ah and Kitabu Tawheed and other books. The scholars mention shafa'ah in these books as a refutation to those that seek the intercession from other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The scholars mention shafa'a in these books as a refutation to those who seek intercession from other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, i.e. those who fall into shirk and claiming that it is only a shafa'a and a nearness and intercession that they want from the prophets, the angels, or the dead, or the awliya, the righteous servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they are clarifying in these books that shafa'a is a form of ibadah and it should only be sought from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, when we find shafa'a mentioned in the books of aqidah like usul sunnah or Sharh Sunnah, or Aqidatul Raziyain, or other than them, the, meaning those books that deal with the general methodology and Aqidah of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, the scholars mention Shafa'a and include a Shafa'a as a refutation against the Khawarij and the Mu'tazila. By affirming the intercession of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam By affirming the intercession of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And the righteous servants of this Ummah For those Muslims who die upon For those Muslims who die upon major sins and they are known as the Ashabul Kaba'ir. To prove that they are Muslims, to prove that those who fall into major sins of this Ummah are Muslims. So that means basically, pay attention. In, shaf- in the books of Aqidah, the scholars, there's a mabhath called Ashabul Kaba'ik, the Aqidah of the Muslim with regards to a Muslim who commits major sins. A person who kills, a person who indulges in usury, riba and so on and so forth. The Khawarij, they say anyone who commits a major sin is a kafir and they will remain in the fire for eternity. Anyone who commits major sins will and dies upon that will remain in the fire for eternity 
like a kafir. The Mu'tazila also say the same thing. However, the aqeed of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah is what? That those who die upon major sins, they are under the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Allah jalla wa ala wants, wills, then Allah can punish them and that is out of his justice. His adl. And if Allah wills, then Allah can forgive them and that is from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Lakin, they affirm the intercession, meaning that those that die upon major sins, they can intercede for them yawm al-qiyamah. The prophets can intercede for them. Their children can intercede for them. Uh, the angels can intercede for them. And the fact that that and the fact that they can intercede for them shows that they are people of Iman. Shows that they died upon Islam. And that is a fa'idah or benefit to round off the chapter. Because sometimes you will, or actually you will always find shafa'ah being mentioned in the books of Tawheed and also it being mentioned in the books of Aqeedah. And there are two different reasons why the scholars mention each one. Fadl fihim asayin. The explanation of the ayat. The description of so the, the explanations of the ayat explain that shafa'ah is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the is the right of Allah because it is a ibadah and the fact that the conditions are that a person has to that Allah Jalla gives permission for intercession to take place and Allah is pleased with them. The one that is being interceded for. The description of the type of intercession that has been denied. Uh, the one and that is the one that is sought from other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asking the Prophet or anyone else. The description of the confirmed type of intercession. The intercession that is sought from uh, from Allah Jalla wa ala. Mentioning the great intercession that is the most praised status and maqam al mahmud where the Prophet وسلم, will go to Allah's throne, prostrate to Allah praise him, and then it will be said to the Prophet to intercede. He will be given the permission to intercede. The description of what he وسلم, will do in that he does not begin simply with interceding, rather he prostrates, then he's permitted to intercede. Na'am. The, the, and this show, the fact that the Prophet ﷺ has to go to Allah and, and make dua to in, and wait for Allah's permission, it shows that shafa'a doesn't belong to the Prophet ﷺ. and it is out of his control. It is the right of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Who is the luckiest person to receive it? The one that worships Allah alone with ikhlas, that says La ilaha illallah upon ikhlas sincerity. That it, that it is not done for those who associate with Allah. Naam, that it is not done for the person that worships other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Liman And Allah is not pleased with the person who commits shirk. The explanation of its reality. Naam, the reality of it is that it is a virtue that Allah Jalla wa'ala has given to the servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah Jalla wa'ala is honoring the one that is interceding. Allah Ta'ala A'lam wa ahkamu billahi tawfiq So it is 8.30 on the dot and inshallah obviously we won't get time for questions Lakin the reason is because the, the book is long طيب. Alhamdulillah this is what the 16th, 17th or 16th chapter And if we, Alhamdulillah now we're going into those chapters or some of the chapters that are to come We can complete about 4 or 5 chapters a day because they're really short Lakin in order to finish uh, in good time inshallah um, it's better that we go through the explanation rather than spending half an hour on the questions. And a lot of times the questions are mentioned in the lesson. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam wa ahkamu billahi tawfiq.